Hey there, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of our Because of Jesus podcast here at Palmetto Street. If you would, just take a second, like the podcast, uh, subscribe, and share it to your friends, anybody you think it could encourage, uh, weekly episodes, and um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We've got a lot packed in for this one. For yeah, it's sure. good. Uh, huge weekend, uh, great attendance Sunday morning, one of the biggest services ever here on our campus here at Palmetto Street. Yeah. Also, marriage conference uh, really Friday good. and Saturday. Yeah, Really good. Mike and Terry did a great job. Yeah. A lot of really good wisdom. Gabrielle and I really enjoyed it. it yeah, nice. Jess and I as well. They crushed it. It was fun. It was funny. It was serious. It was emotional at times, too. It was a good um, balance of, of yeah, everything. It really it's was. a good word, good balance. And then also Sunday night, which I'm huge on, um, we do this every quarter now, uh, le- leadership training for our leaders here. Um, I'm big on mentoring. Uh, I'm big on expectation, uh, taking people where they're at and moving them forward in faith. Also in discipline and leadership. Sometimes we expect people to do things, but we don't with clarity explain what we desire. And almost as they should know. Uh, and there's no business, church, or team that is successful in that manner. There should have been an expectation of the house. Yeah. And so that's what so, we were doing. Yep. Yeah. It was a really good training, a good turnout for it. A yeah. lot of great leaders were able to come out. Um, hopefully we gave them at least one thing uh, that they could take back. And, that's uh, our goal. It's going to make our church stronger for sure. we got yeah. a lot of good people. and. And it takes a lot, lot more good people for sure to, with the trajection or the way we're projecting and moving forward and our with, vision. with the growth and, and the vision. Uh, so much bigger than just one person you can better pull believe off. It. So, you yeah. better believe it. It's Strong. everyone working in their calling. Um, I use the word ecclesia of the church, but it's yeah. everyone in the body doing their part. And people are being fulfilled. And when they're fulfilled, um, they tend to stay away from the things that get them in trouble because they have a sense of purpose. And so as a pastor, I want them to find their, their purpose in God and what God has put inside of them. And it makes us better. It makes the kingdom yes. better. And so, yeah, yes. we're excited about that. It really does. Yeah. So um, if you want, we can just kind of walk through, recap yeah, let's, in, let's in a that. different way, not to necessarily just, you know, rehash everything we, we talked about Sunday night. But I know a lot of people couldn't make it. And yeah. so this is a great platform to kind of rehash what we talked about. John Mark kicked it off uh, with uh, personal fouls, which I guess that's the football term for it. For us, it would be more like, uh, you know, the boneheaded plays is what we talked about in staff meeting, avoiding unwise decisions as you a leader. Yeah, uh, he used the video of the was it the Florida Gator player? Yeah, were throwing going in, the shoe. Throwing the shoe, and you need to look that up. Uh, they would have won the game out from John Mark no explaining to us. And uh, guy took the opponent's shoe and just threw it and got a personal foul, and it changed the game. Um, churches, Austin, many times great ministers or great music or a great program, um, but they do not set boundaries, biblical boundaries, boundaries of wisdom, and what happens is somebody sabotages the play you know 10 guys are on the same page but then that one guy that one lady um operating on their own or not using sound judgment sound wisdom um and we we named some things i think we should name some things here i think we need to be clear we talked about you know how we treat the opposite sex and and listen we're living in a time now um, we use the word opposite sex but there's got to be boundaries even the same sex uh, relationships as well you you have to monitor that and always use wisdom and be careful almost be over the top in in how you um, conduct yourself in that manner just you know so there's no even appearance of evil or wrongdoing um, always have to guard yourself there and like you said it's not just opposite sex stuff in no. our culture now it's no. it's same sex and, and leaders have to be have to be aware of that no yep. doubt I thought John Mark did a great job covering that 
Uh, I think something else, too, that a lot of ministers or business people, really what we talked about Sunday night, mm. can apply to a mm. lot of different walks of life. Yeah. But one of the things we often overlook is social media, too. Tell it. Yeah. I feel like people will, especially ministers, can just really hurt their witness, their effectiveness to minister to, in their community sometimes with their social media presence. You better believe it. You know, um, there, there's, there's, I'm not saying you have to be so over the top and monitoring every little thing that you, that you share, but you know, you you have to be aware of what you're sharing and how it's going to affect those in your church and your community. And there's just some things not worth posting or sharing. It's not worth it. You you have to weigh the moment and allow the Holy Spirit to check you. You know, we have this phrase that we talk in our our culture here. um, You can't speak to everything. Mm -hmm. The good news is you get to choose to what you speak to. You can't be an expert at everything. You know, sometimes there's leaders that they know it all. Well, we know that we don't know it all. And so we choose here to speak to what is important, what is wise, what is prudent. And that is Christ and him crucified and how he affects our lives. You know, I don't. I'm not, I'm not leading IBM. I'm not leading Apple. Mm-hmm. We're leading a church, so we're yeah. going to speak to the head of the church, which is Jesus. And, and you know, let's stress this for another moment. You, I've seen some people embarrass themselves yeah. over a football game, yes. over a movie, over the Grammys. Um, you know, you name it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Fighting for a Hollywood person that doesn't even know their name, you know? politics, oh, the, uh, yes. all of it, you know, yeah. and 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 not that you're not entitled to have your own oh, personal absolutely. opinions and beliefs, but that doesn't mean those have to be platformed and broadcast on social media. It's not know? worth it. It's not because uh, this is about something bigger than politics and about bigger than our opinions. It's about Jesus. Absolutely, that's uh, so what you talked about a couple Wednesdays ago. You better t- believe it. Teaching out of Hebrews. Hebrews you know, this is about Jesus, yeah. and as long as you keep the main thing, the main thing with him uh then we're gonna be all right the writer of hebrews said that god spoke in times past by prophets in various manners but now speaks expressly through jesus christ him son yeah. and then hebrews 2 1 says therefore since christ is the one that speaks and since he's greater than the angels then therefore do not let us drift from that that we have heard Mm-hmm. That means let us stay focused on what is important, and that's Christ. That's right. My political view has never redeemed anybody. That's true. My faults on my football team, and, and we have fun with it, but, but sure. there's a boundary. But my faults in the sports world has never pulled anybody from addiction. It's never restored one marriage. Yeah. But what you and I stand for in Christ, I've seen him do it time and time yeah, that's again. That's the truth. That's Amen. the truth. Amen. You're that's preaching right. now. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. You just quoted like half a Hebrew, so I would say you, but yeah, I don't know about that. Well. Um, uh, but no, it topic uh, that first topic avoiding those those unwise decisions was was really strong. Yep. Uh, I, I think a lot of good wisdom there. Yeah, and we, we don't we watch who we ride with. Yeah. We watch the appearance of being alone. We watch the appearance of financial things in churches. Yeah. I've seen churches destroyed by a lack of wisdom. Yeah. You know, so th- those I know we got to move on here, yeah. but those are things that we called out because we need to call those things out. That's the truth. Yeah. 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 Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, and so secondly, after John Mark, Johnny came up and just talked about recruiting teams and, and recruiting and why that's so vital. Again, great job. Recruiting great is job. the lifeblood of any church ministry, really. Yeah. It's, again, our ministry, what we're called here to do is so much bigger than one person can take on. Uh, it takes volunteers and leadership to step in and help 
carry the ministry of the church. Absolutely. And so he did a fantastic job. It was. John John was he just was in his element there. Um, I love the quote by Erwin McManus, and he said in his book, um, The Last Era, he said, when they don't choose you, then volunteer. Yeah. I, I love that quote. Um, for every volunteer, you know this, I heard this, I believe it was at the 24th of Double years ago, um, mm. The guy was out of Alabama. I forget his name. Yeah, uh, uh, Jerry Lawson. Jerry Lawson. Yeah, big church, great church. Um, but I went to one of his twenty-four the double conferences, and he said that for every volunteer, I believe it's three or four the church gains. It, you know, you put the kid on stage like in a drama. Grandma comes. And, you know, some of those grandmas don't have churches. That's true. Some of those grandmas need need Jesus too. And so what we do, we realize by putting people in the in that place of service, we do grow the church. But now mm-hmm. here, here's the thing. For everybody that we grow through recruitment, they also have a calling. Correct. They also have a gift. And in functioning in their gift, it makes us better, but it makes them more purposeful in life. And they, they stay out of the gray areas of life, yeah. and they feel fulfilled. Yeah, and, yeah. and also when they feel that way, they're more apt to tell people in their life, their friends, yes. their family about that and draw them in too so it, like you just mentioned how it grows the church and the old, old church it becomes their testimony yeah, exactly yeah, exactly that's good Austin. Um, yeah so you know the recruitment just again uh and i, I use the kids ministry for example you know we you know, like you mentioned we had record attendance sunday yeah, at least as far as we can track is outside absolutely. of a special service or whatnot absolutely and to minister to you know 80 kids five years old and under and another you know 50 60 kids mm. first through fifth grade that's more than one person can handle yes. and, and so being diligent to recruit to your teams uh is is so so impactful so important yep. and and we get to do i love what johnny said at the end stressing that it's not something we have to do oh, you know but this is something we get to do because yeah. of jesus we get to serve yeah. and getting that language and verbiage in our culture of yep. we get to do this because of jesus so let's yep. let's do it and, and let me plug you you and johnny both of your we need to continue this has been because of jesus has probably been the biggest promotional thing we've ever done that called on and it was it was it was organic it's just our dna it, it came around a table discussing you know because of christ i have been transformed you know and that became our vision statement so we want our church to continue not only to embrace it which they have but we've got to begin to speak it and so i'm going to do more of that from the pulpit and our vision statement and i want our church to do that yeah. as well yeah, yeah. absolutely now johnny and my topic johnny's topic really were were kind of go hand in hand mm, with the yeah. recruitment of volunteers and then i took of course that third quarter we called it roster management i kind of gave it a subtitle of yeah. creating a culture of success i love the word culture you know that and you know you can have all the best players on the football team but if you have a bad culture your team's not going to achieve the things that you want to achieve at the end. I gave the Alabama, I'm a cow- Texas a I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> yeah, we, we are aware. We're Cowboys, Cowboys yeah, fans, yeah. we are aware. Next okay. year, those are ours. Always, next year, that's, always pro- that's next prophecy. Year. Uh, that's prophecy. You know, and I gave the uh, – not with Dak, but anyways, next year. Uh, I gave the Alabama A&M example. Because yeah. A&M over the last several years has not had a lack of talent at all. They've acquired all the talent yeah. out there. But their culture is not the culture of an Alabama or no. Georgia, so they don't ever see the sustained success that those those teams yeah. see. And there were several things that, again, I highlighted that we That's don't good. have to walk through, but um, just how to sustain a culture of success in your ministry because culture is really the driving force behind any successful. Obviously, in the church, we know it, it, our power, our strength comes from God. Yeah. But also, 
being inspired by him for what the culture of our church is too and the vision of our church is you know but there is no successful business or church or team or anything that is not founded on really strong culture oh you nailed it and scott shepherd our uh two mentor meetings ago he talked about culture he talked about his struggle at the time in his church at Athens Cornerstone mm-hmm. and how to protect culture. And I, I'm big on this, Austin. Um, I want us to make sure that the culture that we have set here, you know, when I say this, I'm, I'm going to catch some heat, heat for it, but using the football analogy, I've seen teams let somebody go to protect culture, mm-hmm. it, no matter their talent. Yeah. Now, we're not trying to let anybody go, <laughs> be clear. Yeah. But we've also released some people. We've released some people in the Acts 13 model, separate these two for the work I've called them, which is biblical. And we've had one or two go, you know what, that's just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't line with Brother Nolan's vision because um, we're going to love people here. Absolutely. You know, so, and I'm okay with that. If you don't want to line up with our culture, I'd rather you go find that church culture you fit than think that you're going to change my opinion on the word, yeah. on Christ being sufficient, or loving people. It's yeah. not going to happen. I, I'm not doing this for a paycheck, so that's not going to happen. And so sometimes I believe what you said, and you pushed it so good, about protecting that winning culture mm-hmm. um, because we get to do that. And yeah. so we're not going to be sloppy with it. We're not going to overlook sinfulness and sloppiness, laziness. Yeah. Um, no, you got to you got to be. You know, I, we put on the back of our kids' name tags. You know, be it several things that were core values to our yes. our kids' team. Being prepared, those things. If we come to serve, be prepared to serve. You know, that means maybe not prepping for your lesson the night before time yes. deal. You know, you be prepared and whatever it is you serve at the church to do, be friendly, yep. love people. Yep. You know, nobody wants to come to church and see somebody with a mean look on their face. No. Or you know, be friendly, be spirit led. All yep. these things that we hold here at not just in our kids' Truths. ministry, but at Palmetto Street yeah. too. Those are core values. Those are things that we should see in our ministries. And if you're not about those things, oh, that's okay. Then, yeah. then that may not be the right fit for you. It may Absolutely. not be the right place. Absolutely. And I think we're comfortable enough in that to know that we have to protect what our vision here, our culture here is. Absolutely. And help people understand that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that meeting with Scott Shepard, that was stressed. And shout out, Scott, you owe me lunch. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, um, it was stressed. You know, I, I forget the name here. You may know the name. I believe he played for the Redskins. He was a backup quarterback that was put into the game. I, sh- I should know the name here. Um, but he removed himself because he said he didn't study the playbook the week before. I don't know hmm. if you remember that. I'm going a few years back. Um, I promise you, I'm going to tag the name there. Um, and I thought that can never be us. You mentioned yeah. about being prepared. Yeah. You know, we need you to step up, but you didn't do the necessary things in your personal life, your spiritual life, and even professionally speaking, as a servant here, you were not ready. That is uh, inexcusable. That you, you cannot do that. You've got to be ready in season and out of season to That's step true. up because these kids matter to us. These That's teens matter. That's the right. church matters. Our seniors and so on. It does. And I and I know we've got to move from this topic no, no, too. I, but and I think something really important for leaders too, especially in the church world, is what I concluded with with getting the right people in the right seats. Absolutely. And I gave the Lane Johnson example. You can go Google it later if you want and his position changes. But you've got to make sure that you've got the right volunteers, the right people in the right seats on your team. Yeah. Uh, putting me uh, in the worship ministry would not be the right seat for I me. I would not thrive no. there. You may not thrive no, there. No, no, no. Russell thrives there. Right. That's his spot. There yeah. are so many people on that team who thrive in yeah. those areas. The same 
way that I couldn't take maybe somebody else who thrives um, in the student ministry and maybe put them with children because maybe they're like teenagers are my mm-hmm. thing, but no, I'm, I'm good on the elementary kids. That's not my, that's not my spot. Uh, and so you've got to make sure that you have the right people on your teams but they're also in the right seat on your team so that they can see the success that not just for them personally, but for your church and for your teams that they can, that they Mm -hmm. can grow. And I mean, I think it's not just a church idea that we do everything in teams. I think that's laid out in scripture. Absolutely. Um, Jesus had 12 people that surrounded him. David had his, what, 32 mighty men, his warriors around him. Mm -hmm. But even beyond that, you see, Jesus had his inner circle. His three and his two. His three yeah. and his two. Yeah. And David had his three, right? And I Eight gave him one. Yeah, really, yeah. beyond that. And yeah. so, but he had his certain people, right? Uh, Shama was one. They also yeah. had really big names yeah. like Joseph, Bashabeth. Yeah. They, they had Jonathan an inner well. circle, Jonathan, yeah. who he mm-hmm. trusted. So mm-hmm. the biblical oh, precedent for teams it's it's there it's not just an idea that we've created no. and so it's laid out in scripture we should follow it and ecclesiastes talks about that two's better than one Every right? time. so uh, teams are the way to go recruiting and fostering those good cultures yes. within teams and, and we and our church has done good with this but let me press it we have to make room for that you know, so what happens when, you know, I've been the best singer here for 95 years, yeah. but two people walk in on a Sunday and, you know, their voice is a little yeah. better than mine now. That's good. Do, do I push them out because, you know, I make up rumors about them or have you heard? Or do I realize that, you know, there's a place for them on the platform and not That's only a place for them on the platform, maybe it's their season to come and maybe God's doing something new in me and so on, That's you know, and I'm just, I have no, nothing. I know nothing about the music department. Sure. That's not anybody. No, that's, that's, um, that's good. So we have to make room um, for those to come in um, to help us for the kingdom sake. You don't know this, but I, my leadership team, I met with them last week and that was one of the things I, really? was the, that exact phrase was making room for people Look because, um, you know, I've got some great adults that serve in our kids ministry who are excellent small group leaders. I yep. can name them all. They're all great. But the the thing is, their, their time is going to come yeah. where they're not going to be willing to lead those groups anymore. God's going to pull their heart in a different direction to serve in a Switch different them. ministry. Yeah. They'll age out of it. And if they've not grabbed somebody to come alongside of them and show them you and failed. pour into them, yeah. then we failed. We failed. Because when they get ready to step out, it shouldn't just be an empty hole. There should be somebody who's trained and has been mentored who can slide right in there. That is and, and making succession. room for those mentoring and learning opportunities, training opportunities is huge. So I, I agree. No, Paul and Timothy model uh, right here in our church. Yeah, yep. it was. I want to stress one more time. I know we got to move forward, but culture is big for me. I think that we have to protect culture. Early on in my ministry, I, I thought I could fix everybody or give them a place, even if. Their cultures were different. Now I understand that I will ride with you. I'll pray with you. I'll go all the way to the gate of hell with you. But I'm not going to change our culture because of your appetite. I'm not going to change our culture because you think these type people should worship with these type people. Um, no, this is our culture. You know, saddle up and ride with us or not. That's, That's on right. you. But we're going to protect it. And not only that, Austin, it's working. It's a it biblical is. model that is working. And so if it's working... We're going to keep doing it. That's you know, if we're scoring touchdowns. We're going to keep scoring touchdowns. That's the truth. All right. That's the truth. And then you you wrapped it up that night um, with uh, the two-minute warning. Right? Yeah. We got two minutes to go. Don't come up one yard short. 
you can yeah. you can recap it. I mean, you taught it, but did a great job. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I'm gonna buy you lunch today. Uh, cool. This this really was kind of a that the coach at halftime tie ball game. Mm-hmm. We used the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. when they came up one yard short. Sorry, Tennessee Titan fans, mm-hmm. but when Dyson came up one yard short, I told about not coming up one yard short, and so it was just really a motivational thing for those that were there. I think we had 160 leaders there, and I, will, I was wanting to motivate them to say, you know, the Montana uh, to Taylor model. I yeah. think. Uh, Super Bowl 20, Bengals, 49ers, shout out for Russell. Um, You know, when he drives them down and they win Mm -hmm. versus the Titans model where they come up one yard short, changes destinies. It changed outlooks. Um, McNair never got his. I wish he would have. Um, So I want our church to cross the finish line. So it was just a motivational thing of – Making sure that we understand what's at stake here. Our yeah. kids are at stake. Our future is at stake. Um, so when you so when you show up at Palmetto Street and you and a person of the opposite sex are the only people there, somebody's got to say, you know what, you know our our future's at stake. So let me call Austin to come meet me up here because this looks wise and this is this is wise and so stuff like that. We were stressing, and I think our people received it. I, and, I did and, too. Um, I really job. really closed on a strong note, and uh, I, I believe I've I've talked to countless people or seen posts on social media of just yep. how it encouraged people. Yep. And so that's always nice to see and hear. Yep. And I'm excited to see where we go. I really believe we got a lot of great momentum with our teams heading towards Easter. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a fun month. It's going to be great. For sure. It's going to be sure. great. New series starting. Uh, come sit with me. That will lead us up to Easter, which I am I'm jacked about this. Very excited It's going to challenge the church. Also, John Mark wants to help you in the nursery in his spare time. So <laughs> I'm going to put that great. out there. All right. I'll sign him up. I'm sign him up. I'm going to tell Lisa Walters. John right. Mark wants to serve in the nursery. Last question. Give me a prediction on the Super Bowl. Um, all right. I'm obviously I'm more of a college guy than pro guy. However, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 49ers uh, because just so many weapons on offense. I mean, how do you defend it? Yeah. Um, I think Purdy will do enough to get it done. But the Chiefs have had that. I don't know. Taylor Swift mojo, whatever. I yeah. don't know. It won't surprise me if they win at all. I mean, Mahomes is like him or love him. He's, he's great. So yeah. you know. So you got. But four- I'll go 49ers. Close game. Close Maybe game. win by touchdown. All right. Last thing, I, my prediction, you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Cowboys by 20. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Cowboys by 20. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Palmetto Street Podcast. Again, uh, just remember to like, subscribe, and share. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time.